The reading is taken from Luke 12, 13 to 21, the parable of the rich fool. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, You have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, thank you, Emma. Well, you know, it's been a real pleasure this morning baptising Lewis and baptising Daniel. And I love baptism services. But one of the things that I always think about at baptism services, what will these two little men be doing in 10, 20, 30 or 40 years' time? Will they have children of their own? Where will they live? Will they live in Reading? Or will they live in Bristol or London or Edinburgh or New Zealand? My, my, my sister's just gone out to New Zealand. Where will they live? And also, what jobs will they do? What work will they do? I was looking on the internet the other day to look at what was forecasted as being the top jobs in 2030 and 2040. And some of the big jobs were going to be, would you believe, growing live body parts for athletes and for injured soldiers. That was a bit macabre, wasn't it? But that was, that was one of the things they thought would be a, would be a, a top job in 2030-40. Another one was being a social worker on Facebook. So instead of social workers knocking on doors, they'd be online. That was a job that they thought would happen in 2030-2040. Another job was, I can't get my head around this, vertical farming. So we run out of space, we've got nowhere left to grow the food, and so there are these great trellises, hundreds of feet high, and you grow stuff up. I don't know how it works, but apparently vertical farming is in the future. So who knows what they'll be doing in quite a few years' time. But the thing that I know that you, we all want for them, and particularly as parents we want for them, is that we want them to lead a great life, don't we? We want them to have a really great life. But what does it mean to lead a great life? What's, what's a picture of that? Well, we're going to have a quick look at this Bible story that we've just heard and see if we can draw any clues out of that, and maybe one or two clues from the baptism service itself. So the story that we just heard read by Emma is about a rich businessman. Now, his business was farming, because in Jesus' day, most of, the business, most of business was farming. And... Uh, One day, one year, he has this incredible crop. He's never had so much 
in, in, his, in his whole life before. It's a bit like winning the lottery. He's got twice as much as he needs. What does he do with it? Does he give it away to people who might need it? No. Does he use it for a good cause? No. What he does is he says to himself, how can I hold on to all of this myself? And so he decides to tear down his warehouses, his barns, and, and build bigger ones so that he can fit all of the stuff that he's got for himself in order that he can then put his feet up and just kind of take it easy for the rest of his life and do nothing. And so really, his, his plan is all about selfishness. It's all about me, me, me. And that's a bit like the culture of today, isn't it? The advertising, TV soaps, everything tells us, you know, look after number one. You know, live for yourself. That's, that's the thing. And yet we know, deep down in our hearts, we know that that isn't what makes a great life. We all know that. If we say, name someone of, of today who is a great, great person then probably the name that would drop into most people's minds right now, for good reason, is Nelson Mandela, because he's very close to death. And the reason, that, the reason that Nelson Mandela is considered so great is because, well, did he live a life selfishly? Did he, did he try and accumulate wealth for himself? No, he didn't. What he did was he gave his whole life, he poured his life out in order to win the freedom for millions of people who were oppressed by the evil apartheid regime in South Africa. And he spent 27 years doing hard labour on Robben Island for his, for his beliefs. And, and eventually, of course, he, he triumphed. Now, he gave up all the best years of his life in order to help others. And we know that that is a great life. That's a great life. The other one, perhaps, that drops, comes to mind, and it's a bit of a cliché, is Mother Teresa. She poured out her life in the streets of Calcutta, in the slums, helping people who were sick, dying, um, desperately ill. And, and she comforted them and, and, and helped them. And everybody, without doubt, would say, yeah, Mother Teresa lived a great life because she lived it for others. But this man in the story, he wants everything for himself. But don't think that I'm necessarily judging the man in the story the one called the rich fool, because I have been there as well. I haven't been a vicar all my life, and in fact, for much of my adult life, I didn't even go to church. I wasn't even sure I believed in God for much of my adult life. I, I had a good job. I had a nice house, nice family, lovely family, <laughs> um, and, and everything I needed, nice holidays, all, all the sort of things that most people aspire to. And... Um, but I wasn't satisfied. I wanted more. I wanted that next promotion. I wanted that bigger car. I wanted that pay increase. I was never satisfied. But then one day, everything changed. I was on a business trip to South Africa when a friend of mine, Chris, took me to a little church out in the African bush. And it was a, it was a little grass-roofed shade in the sun, nothing more than that, really. And all these people just came and met under it. And during that service... I had this incredible sense of love and joy and peace pouring through my body. I'd never felt anything like it. And I realized that in that, in that little service, in that church, I'd met with God for the first time in my life. And, and it was so good, I knew that this was better than anything else I could ever want. And after that, I came home. I started going to a local church in Reading. And... I started doing things, extraordinary things, I'd never dreamed of, of doing before. One of the things, though, 
I'll mention is that my wife Kirsty and I started visiting the young men in Reading Prison who are on remand for all sorts of, of offences and trying to help them to, to make better decisions in their lives and to decide to, to, change, to turn from a life of crime to, to, to a better way to live. And one particular young man, he was 20 years old, he was on remand for murder. He'd got drunk one night, he'd got angry, and the next minute someone was lying dead on the pavement. And we saw him over the course of a year or two change as he came to know God. He came to the chapel in the, in the, in the, in the prison. As he came to know God over a year or two, he changed from a person full of hate to a person who really cared for and loved the other prisoners. He even prayed for the other prisoners. It was so amazing. And that, that, is, that beats anything. Seeing a life transformed like that. But how does this happen? Uh, how, how does this all happen? Well, I think the answer is in, our, is in our baptism service we had this morning. There was a question there which said, do you turn to Christ? And we all said, I turn to Christ. But baptism, well, the reason that we turn to Christ is, is this, is that Jesus himself lived a selfless life. He poured out his life for everyone. He, poured, he healed people. He fed people. He had compassion on people. And at the very end, he even what was nailed to a cross in order that he could carry our sins and that we could be forgiven of all the greed and selfishness in our lives. And so Jesus is the one we need to follow. And in baptism... I'd like you to think of this, a last little picture I'll leave you with. Baptism is a bit like the moment that you put down a deposit on a mortgage for a house. When you put down a deposit on a house, if you're able to, you commit to buying that house. That's what you do it for. And baptism is a bit like that. When you get baptised, you commit to following Jesus. But it's no good, is it, if you put a deposit down on a house and then you don't make the monthly repayments. Because what happens? The house just gets repossessed. And it's all for nothing. It's, it's, a, it's a complete waste of time. And so, as we think about our whole lives in relation to God, baptism is that deposit, if you like. It's saying, we're deciding now to follow Jesus. But if it's not followed up, then really, it's not really worth doing it in the first place. And so, you might be sitting there thinking, well, okay... I hear what you say, but what, what do you actually do about that? What's the next step? Well, the next step would be to do perhaps what I did when I came back from the experience I'd had in, in, in South Africa, which is to just go along to a local church. I went along to a local church, and the church family was really friendly and really welcoming. And through that, I came to faith in Christ, in, in Jesus. And so... The question I'll leave you with this morning is this. Are you going to live your lives for yourself, like the rich fool in the story? Or are you going to live for God and for others, just as Jesus gave his life for us? And as we think about that question, I'm going to ask the music group to come and just... They're just going to play a song for us. It's a song which talks about really turning to Christ because he's the only one who can really make us lead a great life, who can really help us to lead a great life.
So we're going to just listen to this and then we'll continue in prayer. <laughs> 